podcast has bad words. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing you think that you need Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'll be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. And uh, today is episode 169. Today, we're going to talk about millionaires. That's right. Oh, and well, sort of, right? We're, <laughs> we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about budgeting. We're going to talk about savings. We're going to talk about student loans. We're going to talk about how to build wealth, ultimately. And yes, we're going to talk about millionaires, too. Uh, but it might not be what you think of when we think of the term millionaire. And we have our friend Chris Hogan here today. He's the author of a new book called Everyday Millionaires. I'll, Jordan, what camera should I hold this up to? Right here. All right. It's Everyday Millionaires, and uh, Chris Hogan is here. Chris, thank you for being with yeah, us. Oh, absolutely, guys. It's always good to be with you. This isn't the first time we've done a podcast together. The last time was a live event in Louisville. It was, which was a blast. Yeah, yeah was I great. mean, it was a, a bunch of people, and we had a great conversation. So I, I've got high <laughs> expectations from you all. Today. All right. Well, I'm, I'm really excited we hope about to this meet them. because <laughs> we we, uh, we don't do interviews. What we do is, we, as you know, from our last event, we really just help people answer the questions that they have. And today we're talking a lot about money before we dive into this i don't you can't are you still wearing the back brace ryan i am I, yeah i put it over i put my shirt over it ryan's back i don't know if he's going to be able to stay for the entire episode he <laughs> broke five vertebrae like wow. 10 days ago yeah and um so stay as long as you can but please leave if yeah. you're in, in terrible I'm doing terrible all right. pain I'm, do, I'm doing okay i'm surprisingly feeling well for breaking my back in five places. Well, we'll talk more about that during <laughs> right here, right now. I do want to get into those questions, but before we get started, just a quick reminder, the Minimalist Podcast is taking February off, so this is our last episode before that, but we're still going to record four private podcast episodes for our Patreon supporters, so shout out to our patrons. We'll still be over there for you, and then we're coming back to our main podcast feed in March with a new format. More details on that later in the show. Now, Chris, you're here to help us answer some questions, but first, could you talk about why you wrote this book and really how you wrote the book. Yeah, well, I mean, the heart behind it was I wanted to get to the truth. I wanted to know, is it possible to build wealth in America today? I've done some media hits and there were people that were telling me the American dream is dead. Mm. It's not available. You know, you have to go to the right school or be born in the right place. And I know being a part of Ramsey Solutions for 13 years that if you take the right steps in the right direction, financially, you'll get to some destinations. Building wealth is possible, right? right? Now, let's get this out here guys I talk about building wealth so you can do the greatest thing you could ever do with money and that's give right being able to support and give to others so this became a personal mission for me Uh, I did my first book Retire Inspired in 2016 and that was the wake up call for America to start to think about their future the Mm -hmm. governments are going to take care of you so you got to be prepared Uh, but this one uh, you all remember Mr. Stanley's book Millionaire Next Door okay so you know this was a thing that it started to give us a peek into what millionaires look like Mm. and so I wanted to go Go deeper, go bigger. Now, when we, we hear the term millionaire, we think of this guy on a yacht, or yes. we, we think of the gold Rolexes on both wrists. <laughs> we, we think of the pocket square. We, we think of 
well, we think of this thing that's unattainable. And also, we also we often think of a thing that I don't even really want out of life, which is the superfluous excess, the overabundance. But when you looked at millionaires, you didn't see you, you didn't see that. You saw the almost the opposite of that. That's exactly right. These weren't trust fund babies. These weren't people that hit the lottery. These weren't people that were had were a, a super affluent flaunting it at all. These were regular everyday people. What kind of people? So I mean, okay. So we did the largest study that's ever been done. We talked to over ten thousand of them all across the country. Ten thousand right. millionaires. Yes. Yeah, so Tom, Mr. Stanley talked to seven hundred and fifty. Uh-huh. We talked to ten thousand. So I wanted to go big. Uh, I didn't want to peak. I wanted to deep dive into what do they look. Mm-hmm. Like. And the reality is, they're not trust fund babies. These are regular, everyday, hardworking people. The top three professions of the 10,000 we talked to number one was engineers, which doesn't surprise you. They plan stuff, right? <laughs> number two, that's right. Yeah. Number two was accountants. Uh-huh. Doesn't surprise me. They count no, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Number three blew me away, and that was teachers. Yeah, school teachers, millionaire teachers. So my yes. former spouse Carrie, who, who I think is amazing, she's an eighth grade English teacher, and you know what she makes an okay living, but mm-hmm. I don't think of that as a millionaire. In fact, right. when we were married, we were spending well beyond our means. We had massive amounts of debt, and I thought the reason was because we didn't make enough money, and if I could just make more, right. well then of course, when I started making more, what I do? I went further into that's debt. That's exactly, well that's what a lot of people believe. Yeah. I thought that too. I thought, well, you know what, when I start making this amount, I'll get serious. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Yeah. What happens is, is your lifestyle ends up growing. Of course, right? and then you don't start giving more. No. In, in fact, I, it's funny, when I walked away from the corporate world, I was making 200000 dollars in the corporate world and I walked away made twenty three thousand dollars that next year I gave more that year than I did when I was making six figures right well and I, I think when it, it number one that takes courage all right. I mean, to be able to walk away from that and to be able to pursue something you're called to do, right. which I think is really important. But these were regular everyday people, uh, people that you work beside or live beside and they don't flaunt it. They're people you that were focused. Know. No, you would have no idea. No idea. And that's what I love is that they were in control and they were focused. 70% of these millionaires give each and every month. Uh, you know, they live on less than they make. They're very intentional. And so these were people that happened to life instead of allowing life to happen to them. Now, why do you, why do you, why do we want to be millionaires? Cause that, that's the thing that people often get confused by because I don't think becoming a millionaire, if I hand your average person a million dollars, that's not is what, well, that's not what gonna, what's going to make them happy. Mm. However, you know, I aspire to be, have a million dollar net worth one day. Not so that, that I'm like, Oh, look at me. I'm a millionaire, but, but. I want the financial security and financial freedom so that I can n- not just f- not just have the lifestyle that I want to live, which means having a paid off mortgage, not living beyond my means or, or living in overabundance, but also being able to contribute in a meaningful way. Well, I think that that's the giving component. That's the thing that drives me. You know, that was the thing that I wanted to achieve. I wanted to start some 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 scholarship funds, support some charities, do some things that were near and dear to my heart. But you said a phrase there that I think is important, and that's financial independence. Mm-hmm. Meaning that you are not chained to a job. You're able to pursue what you believe in. You're able to do some things that that matter to you personally. I have a good friend who's a teacher in Cincinnati, and he um, he's he's financially free, but he chooses to continue to be a teacher because that's his his calling, mm-hmm. or at least it's part of his calling, right? Mm-hmm. And he has other passions as well, but. Not having to be there allows you to get to be there. Yeah, I like that. And that's so powerful. It is. Well, we in our study, uh, 94% of the millionaires enjoyed their career. Mm. Okay, 97%. 37% con- plan to continue working and not retire. Yeah. 64% of them said they loved their jobs. Mm. 
right? Now, when you love what you do, number one, you're not working, right? You know you're you're making a difference. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I love the details. This book is broken down. It's the largest research study that's ever been done on millionaires. But also, we I give some content uh, about what to do to put yourself on the path. But the stories are the thing that blows me away. Well, can, can you tell me yeah. just one of the stories? Uh, well, give, Tom, give us a snippet. Yeah, well, Thomas is one that jumps out at me. This guy, guys, he grew up rough. Uh, his dad was an alcoholic. Uh, his mom had some mental health issues. So he ended up being in and out of three or four foster homes as a young man. Uh, but despite that, he went on to join the military, served his country, came back, pursued his degree, and went into education. So he was focused on helping other young people kind of grow and being a good role model. He ended up with a net worth of $2.7 million. And he's giving on a level that he said he never thought he'd be able to do. And so that's somebody that's making an impact where they are. That's the kind of professor you want to have in school, somebody that cares about what they're doing. Right. Yeah. They're not there just for a paycheck. No. However, we, we, we need to be honest and say that it, money is is a important part of life. It's, it doesn't need to be the primary driver for doing what you do, but we lie to ourselves when we act like money isn't important at all. Right. It's just finding out where it lies on the, the priority scale and then placing it appropriately within your life. Now, you did the audio book on this book? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's, yes. That's how I read yes. it personally. Yes. I mean, I, your voice, man, I could just, uh, uh, makes me want to put my Chris Hogan voice on. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Can you make all of us sound like him yes, in post? Yes, yes. <laughs> all right, well, let, let's let's go ahead and dive into these questions. Okay, if you're cool all with right, that. We've got a bunch, bunch of listener questions here. The first one is from Emily in Oklahoma City. My husband and I have been paying off debt and using a lot of Dave Ramsey's tools. In the meantime, we have been um, almost depriving ourselves, but just being very, very intentional and putting the majority of our extra money towards debt. So I found that when we do get a little extra money that we decide to spend, I spend a lot of time thinking about how to spend that money and researching consumer goods and almost obsessing over the thing that I don't want to obsess over, the things. So I was wondering, do you guys have any tips for people who very rarely get to spend their extra money and trying to make you know intentional buying more about the purpose and less about the stuff or the thing itself. So the first thing that stood out to me about Emily's question is sort of this obsession about stuff. And, yeah. and you know, I think there are a couple types of, I think there's a healthy obsession. We can obsess over things that will improve our life, but then there's like this unhealthy rumination. And she needs to figure out like, if she's actually just spending time researching buying the things, I mean, she's spending her money intentionally. I think... Wow, that's wonderful. That's Spend awesome. your money intentionally. Because there's nothing wrong with things, just like there's nothing wrong with earning money. As a minimalist, everything I own must serve a purpose in my life, and therefore anything I buy must serve a purpose in my life, or it brings me joy in some way. And I think that's a good barometer for any of the things that we bring into our life. Is it going to truly add value to my life, or am I just consuming for the sake of consuming, right? Now, uh, to make an informed decision, you still must make a decision, Emily. And I think that's that's where you are right now, where you're like, okay, I'm just ruminating over this thing, and I'm, I'm obsessing over it, and and I'm not actually making a decision when it comes to buying these things because I'm more wrapped up in the process of, of, of buying. So a few questions to ask yourself, and then Chris, I'd love to hear what you and Ryan have to say. Um, first question I ask myself is, can I live without it, 
right? And I think this is important for, for Emily to ask here. When you're, when you're trying to bring these things into your life, can I live without this thing? Or then what are the alternatives? Uh, said another way, like, is this the best use of this money? If, if I'm spending $100 on a widget, how else can I spend that $100? Maybe it's better to use that money to pay off some student debt or some, some credit card debt. Usually it is if you are in debt. And then uh, will my future self be happy about this purchase? Quite often we want to please ourselves in the moment, the sort of ephemeral pleasure of the moment. But will my future self be happy with this? Or is it overindulgent? I, I think about dessert quite often. I've had some delicious dessert in the past. Um, <laughs> Very rarely am I a week later, a month later, like, wow, I'm really glad I had that second piece of chocolate cake last night yeah. uh, or last week or whenever it was. And so is it overindulgent? Some practical tips for you. We'll put these in the show notes. A 30-30 rule. Uh, if it costs over $30, I'm going to wait 30 hours to buy it. Uh, that, that just staves off the impulse. If you still need it a day from now, then you can still get it. Also, five questions to ask before buying. That's an essay on our website. Uh, last thing I have to say is regarding debt, you you can purchase ephemeral pleasure, but you cannot purchase financial freedom. Man, tweet that. <laughs> you can put that in the ma minimal maximum, Sean. That's good. Chris, what, what say you? Well, I would say, you know, it's important for us to be intentional. I, I like that she's doing that. Uh, the ruminating on it, I think, is where it can start to get dangerous. Um, I like your dollar amount that you set up. Um, I think you, you want to spend more time the larger dollar amount that you're looking at. Uh, but I don't want her ruminating over which paper towels to buy. Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, that that's where now, you know, the intentionality is now becoming more obsessive compulsive. Mm -hmm. So give yourself some freedom. Uh, you mentioned we, so it means that she's got a spouse, and so it's really important for you guys to be on the same page. Uh, but let's talk about it, understand what it is we're going to buy, how is it going to help us, and then be able to move forward with it. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, they rarely get extra money in, and so I would love for them to be able to enjoy. That permission to enjoy is really important, uh, especially when you're being uh, focused and, and being intentional. Yeah, absolutely. I think she probably faces what I face a lot when it comes to buying stuff is this paradox of choice. There are just like a million options of everything. Mm -hmm. And the other thing too is, you know, trying to find the best deal on something. So like those two things alone can kind of just make me stilted when I go to buy something. And I think one thing I have to accept is that, A, uh, I'm going to miss out on a ton of deals. Like I'm always going to miss out on a sale. So me ruminating and, and, and trying to find the best price on something uh, it's typically not worth my time. I'll try to find, you know, a, a good deal, but I don't get obsessive about it right, to try right. to find the absolute cheapest. How can I save an extra five bucks? Because really, you know, let's say it takes me an hour to find that, you know, an extra 10% off. I mean, I could probably make more money in an hour uh, than if I just went ahead and accepted, you know, the, the original price that I found. Um, the other thing too she talks about is being intentional. And I think this is a good segue because that is one of the key ingredients to being a millionaire. Yeah. That's uh there's there are actually five ingredients. You want to talk about kind of what millionaires do, what what you saw consistently among amongst all these folks. Yeah, well you're right. I mean, this book is about being intentional and being consistent. And I think that's a recipe for being successful in anything that you do. Mm -hmm. Uh but looking at this, you know, obviously millionaires are very intentional with their money, meaning that they spend in, on purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, they live on less than they make. Uh they attack debt, which we all know debt's a thief, mm -hmm. right? Cuz interest that I pay is a penalty. Mm -hmm. Interest that I earn as a reward. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be penalized in my life. I want to be rewarded in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also, the number one tool they use to help them get to millionaire status, 79% of the millionaires said they use 
employer-sponsored retirement plans. Mm. So we're talking 401ks, 403bs, and Roth IRAs. Or if you're, or uh, if you're, if you're self-employed, Roth IRA or like a SEP IRA. A SEP, absolutely, or a solo 401k. You've uh-huh. got options. So the main thing is that they're investing. But also 68% of them said that they use an investment professional. Mm. So not going at it alone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think that's really important. And in our society today, we tend to have this lone ranger mentality, mm-hmm. this John Wayne kind of bravado, <laughs> where we want to do things on our own and not ask for help which is a recipe for disaster in my opinion Uh, we can't let our ego get in the way of our progress which means get with people that are intentional that have knowledge that you don't that can guide you yeah absolutely there were so many things you could tweet there (laughs) There several minimal maxims well you know it's it's uh what i was referring to that recipe is is what i really appreciated about your book you have these five key takeaways where most of these millionaires that you interviewed yes they're intentional Mm. but you know they take personal responsibility they look in the mirror and and they take responsibility for what their situation is. Uh, they are goal oriented, and it's funny because Josh and I we are typically not goal oriented. And in fact, um, I can make an argument in a lot of uh, ways how goals might actually stunt someone. But I think with money, it is important to have this this number or this this uh, this you know account to put money into that you want to get it to a certain amount and to keep working towards that amount and then the last two things that you talk about on here is they're hard workers they work their butts off yes they do like you said they're not trust fund kids that's right they didn't just inherit a bunch of money they work their butts off and then uh being consistent with all of those things consistency is key it is and those five attributes are things that people out there can start to do today absolutely right you can start to take personal responsibility you can be intentional with your finances you can be hard working you can be goal oriented and you can know that building wealth takes time Mm -hmm. and it's not a matter of where you were born Right. This is not a DNA thing. Right. Uh, this is a choice thing. And I think when we as Americans make decisions, right, we're Americans, not Americans. Right. <laughs> and so when we make decisions and we get focused, we don't need a permission slip. Yeah. Like you guys remember permission slips back in grade school. Oh, yeah. You couldn't go on a field trip unless mom or dad signed off on it. <laughs> right. Here's the reality. As adults, we don't have a permission slip anymore. Mm. We get to sign that thing. Yeah. We get to make decisions for ourselves about our kids and about our future and about how we're going to impact our communities by giving. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite lines from the book is you talk about how goals they're really they're these promises that we make to ourselves and you've really got to look in the mirror and you know live up to those promises All right, now this i'm glad you pointed that out right because this time of year people have made resolutions right right and they've written down what they're going to do the ideas the wishes well all right i made a decision last year i was going to get healthier all right, so I'm down probably about 35 pounds from when you guys saw me last. <laughs> I was okay. gonna say you slimmed no, up. Nobody man. commented on anything, so I'm a little I'm a little testy about it. But I didn't. I've been eating a lot of salad. Okay, <laughs> salad is not the meal. Salad comes with the meal, right? And so you know, but that's what we have to do. We have to make decisions about what do I want and what am I willing to sacrifice to get there. Absolutely. Right. And and I think we forget that we have that power. Uh, within ourselves we get to choose mm-hmm. and i want more people to wake up and make choices for themselves and not not have this victim mentality yeah. to think that they're limited from doing something no you can do it you just have to choose absolutely Indeed. well emily i want to send you a copy of this book everyday millionaires by chris hogan um, we'll go ahead and send you a physical copy or if you would prefer the uh, ebook version we'll be happy to send that to you as well um, all right let's move on oh by the way if um, you have a comment 
uh, for us today. If you have a comment or tip about wealth or money or millionaires or anything else that we're talking about today, then you can leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. We'll air our favorite comments and tips on a future episode. And stay tuned to the end of this episode for my favorite part of the show. It's this week's listener comments and tips. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. All right, Chris. So here's what we do. Uh, we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're at The Minimalists. You're at Chris Hogan 360. That's right. Yes, indeed. And so we answer questions from social media. Uh, during the lightning round, Ryan and I each do our best to answer every question with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response, but not really. We just <laughs> <laughs> we ramble on a bit, right. and eventually we tie it up okay. with a, with a right. neat little bow. Sometimes right. we don't tie it up at all. Um, and you can find all of our shareable quotes over at minimalmaxims.com. Thanks to our friend Jessica Lynn Williams. All right, Ryan, what's our first question from? All right, our first question is from David. David writes, the average millionaire has seven sources of income. What are your thoughts on multiple revenue streams versus focusing on fewer sources of revenue? I don't know if that is a... I, mean, I don't know where that stat comes from. Did, uh, did you come across that at all when you were... No, okay. not seven. No, I okay. hadn't heard of that. And so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe he's referring to new millionaires or, mm-hmm. or millennial millionaires. Sure. Or there, there's some maybe subset of millionaires that has seven sources of income. Uh, I'll give you a, a pithy answer. Uh, my, my short answer here is don't try to make money. Try to make something that adds so much value that people want to pay for it. Ooh. Now, that can be that you're writing a book that someone really wants, or maybe you're creating something, you're creating art, or maybe you're, you're doing something with your time, like you're educating people, and you're doing such a good job that people would be crazy not to pay you, not to give you the pay raise, not to give you the promotion, not to give you more money because you're, doing, you're adding so much value to your corporation or to your own business that people want to pay you money for it. Yeah, absolutely. My my pithy answer is this. What you do with your money matters more than where it comes from. And I think you do such a good job in your book, Chris, talking about these everyday people who they're, most of them aren't making six figures or a large percentage of them are not making six mm-hmm. figures. They're working with what they have. No, they really are. A third of these millionaires never made six figures in a single working year. Uh, so, you know, the reality is this. Uh, you definitely want to be able to have income streams, money coming in. That's why I tell people to invest money in 401ks or solo 401ks or your SEPs, because that's going to replace your paycheck later. Uh, so it's good to have sources of income coming in. Yeah. But I think you're right, guys. The main thing is to have value, make sure you're serving people, and you have your heart in the right place. If you believe in what you're doing, again, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like service. Yeah. Ryan and I have built on top of sort of a foundation. When we first started The Minimalist, we were still in the corporate world. So that was one revenue stream. We were, we were earning income. We were still still making money there. Of course, I had my retirement account. So that is earning money on its own that I'm never touching. And, and so that that is a, a technically a revenue stream, right? Even though I don't treat it like one, it doesn't go into my bank account necessarily. Not yet. Uh, uh, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, um, and I sort of pretend that it's not there. Mm-hmm. It's, that's my future self's money. That's not my money, right? I like that. And... and uh, then Ryan and I, we started The Minimalist and we just focused on adding value. Eventually, we added so much value providing free materials for folks. They, they started asking, when are you going to write a book? And so we wrote our first book and that was really the first way that we started to make money. And then we've done other th- things since then. We opened a brick and mortar business, a coffee shop down in St. Petersburg, Florida with a couple friends of ours. And so that is a way that we sort of added on top of the foundation. But then we, we started a podcast. We started doing tours. We started doing other things that were these different I guess revenue sources, we diversified in a way, but 
we really focused on adding value. We didn't focus on what are the ways that we can extract money right. out of people. I think the key thing too, man, is like we saw where the need was. We, we, we listened to our audience. We, we paid attention to what they needed. And then we reacted. It's not like when we when him and I first got together and you know bought the minimalists.com for seven bucks off of GoDaddy. We didn't we didn't say to ourselves, all right, here are the here are the million different ways that we're going to make money off of this website. It was it was more of a reaction to uh, what we were doing rather than uh, rather than just chasing more money. Mm, I think that's smart. I mean, figuring out where you can serve people is the best way to. Be to, to, be, to do life, yeah. in my opinion. You Absolutely. wake up excited about what you're doing and you're excited to have an impact on people's lives. Yeah. So I think that's a healthy approach to life. I think uh, also waking up excited to do what you want to do is one big measurement of am I living a meaningful life? Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, I think living a meaningful life means your your values are, are aligned with your actions. Mm-hmm. And one way that you can measure that is how do I feel when I wake up in the morning? Do I actually want to do this? Mm-hmm. And if not, what do I need to change in order to answer yes to that question in the future? Yeah. Who's our next question? All right. Our next question is from Tiffany. How much of a role, if any, did positive thinking play in Chris Hogan's success? Oh, wow. I can tell you right now, it played every, so, every so kind of role. Yeah. No, it, it, it was an amazing impact. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of Zig Ziglar. Zig used to talk about Automobile University. I used to listen to cassette tapes. Uh-huh. All right. That's back. I'm old. Okay. <laughs> That's this thing you used to slide into the radio, you know, uh, but would listen to that. And I think it's really important for us to make sure that we're, we're feeding ourselves positive information. Absolutely. Uh, it's, in, it's impossible to put negatives in and expect positives out. So we need to be bringing in positive thoughts, but also delivering positives to other people. Uh, What we think about ourselves and how we view ourselves impacts our actions. So I think it's important for us to guard that voice in your head. If it's not telling you positive, encouraging stuff, it's time to change the track. You need to mute that button and play another song. Absolutely. That actually, that sums up my my short answer really well. my, My short answer to this is think carefully. Your mind controls your actions and your actions shape your lives. And, and, and so, so or shape your life, I should say. You can edit that, Sean. And, uh, but I mean, I think positive thinking is a great first step. However, we can't mistake it as the only step either. We have to couple yes. it with action, right? Yes, yeah. you do have to do something. I mean, you can sit around and think positive all day. But if you don't get up and do something, but also we hit on it earlier, sacrifice, mm. right? Anytime you're going after something that matters, you're going to have to give up some things. And I think we tend to forget that part. So as I set goals or promises for myself, what am I willing to give up? And what do I want to get? And I think that's a great way to balance our focus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My short answer is this. Incantations are just as important as brushing our teeth. And I just can't stress that enough. What we tell ourselves, well, that's what's going to be true. And that's what we're going to act on. And uh, if if you're someone out there who's got this negative voice in your head, just just you know maybe keep a gratitude journal do so, wake up in the morning and just just give yourself one positive incantation that you can say throughout the day it really does make a huge difference wow i have a statement guys i tell people it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful amen right yeah. and when you look at things so find something to be grateful for if you woke up praise the lord you woke up mm-hmm. if you got breath in your lungs and you walk by yourself that's a thing to be be grateful for things and it's easy to find those when we have awareness yeah absolutely yes, it's funny speaking of that it's like since I broke my back, I have like appreciated my legs so much because I really could have like really done some no. serious damage. Yeah. And man, I'll tell you, like as much pain as I'm in, I, I still can keep a pretty positive attitude being being appreciative of the things I do have. It's... I have to tell you, you are amazingly positive standing there with that back brace on and <laughs> Thanks, walking. Man. I'm serious, dude, You Thank but you're pushing through. And yeah. that's what I, I love that. And that's a lesson in life yeah. that we do have to push through some challenges. They're coming our way. Yeah. It's how we handle them. Absolutely. Well, 
P.S. Gentlemen, we have five more questions about student loans, about minimalist expenses, about car leases, uh-oh, <laughs> uh, about occasional splurging while paying off debt, and also about how to establish an emergency fund. Plus, Chris, I want to talk to you about whether the government shutdown is ruining our lives. Mm. Uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about all of that. And if you want to hear our answers to those questions uh, and more conversation with Chris Hogan, you can listen to this week's Postscript episode over at the Minimalist Private Podcast. That's right. Every week we record an additional podcast episode, and it's available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. And once you become a Patreon subscriber over at theminimalists.com slash support, you'll receive a personal link to our private podcast feed from Patreon so that it plays in your favorite podcast app, whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast right now. You'll also get access to the entire back catalog of more than 100 private podcast episodes. Oh, and by the way, this is our final Postscript episode. Episode, Ryan. Wow. Uh, and it's actually, I think it's going to be our longest postscript episode yet because next week we're switching to our new podcast format and our Patreon episodes um, will switch from postscript episodes to what we're calling uh, maximal episodes. We're doing longer episodes uh, over an hour long for our uh, Patreon subscribers starting next month. And while the episodes on our main feed, the feed you're listening to right now, will be shorter 30-minute minimal episodes. A lot of people have been asking for that. So let's let's talk about why we're making this change really quick. Uh, first, there are a lot of folks who have been asking for shorter versions of a shorter version of the Minimalists podcast. And some people want a succinct half-hour dose of minimalism each week. They don't want Ryan and I maundering on for two hours. and <laughs> That's totally fine. As and, much as we love hearing our own voices. <laughs> and so those people who want shorter episodes, they're going to get their wish with our weekly minimal episodes on the main free public podcast feed, the, the podcast feed that you're listening to right now. Uh, second, and, and this is the big exciting change for me and Ryan, uh, there are some topics that we want to discuss semi-privately, I guess, um, in front of a small, compassionate group of people, conversations we'd have with only trusted friends or family. We want to be able to think out loud in front of a small group of people who are willing to give us the leeway to grow and fail and change our minds in real time. And it's sort of like a, a, I think the way I talked about it last week was a stand-up comic. It mm. sort of works out their material in front of a really small audience first. We're going to use Patreon that way to sort of talk about some things that are hard to talk about in public, work some stuff out together. And we need to be able to talk about our failed habits, our family lives, our struggles, our personal relationships, our emotions, and our insecurities without fear of judgment or public ridicule. And we believe that Patreon is the best place for us to delve into these sensitive subjects, difficult discussions, and of course... Our silly shenanigans that Ryan and I are always up to. And third, Patreon is also the best way for us to fund our podcast and keep it 100% advertisement free. And because we refuse to clutter our podcast with ads, our show is 100% listener funded. So thank you to the small percentage of folks who yeah. willingly support our show. We, we certainly appreciate it. So next month, which is February 2019, the Minimalist Podcast is taking the month off from our free public podcast feed the feed you're listening to right now but we're still going to record four podcast episodes for our patreon audience uh these four episodes will be about uh four episodes about products happiness branding and then we're going to do this sort of hybrid episode about gentrification and also the uh marie kondo show tidying up and it's Have you really watched that yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, it's well, uh, I'll have you watch it beforehand because okay. our community on Patreon is going crazy about this on both sides. Oh, wow. But they're not fighting with each other. They're like 
arguing good points like pro and con and so we've had i think it's what is sean it's probably over 100 comments at this point right <laughs> he's exhausted just reading them um but we, we've, we're going through this and you have people really interacting this is we're building this community this private community of people who aren't being judgmental with each other it's not mm. like twitter where people start like throwing rocks yeah. at each other they're hurling pixels at one another as i heard uh, uh barry wise say recently um and 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 we don't have to worry about that it's it's sort of this this safe where we can entertain these ideas and we can have different opinions different beliefs and that is totally okay so if you have questions about products happiness branding or tidying up uh you can leave those over at patreon.com slash the minimalist we will be answering those on those private podcast episodes then beginning march 2019 the minimalist podcast the popular free public version you're listening to right now will return with 30 minute episodes similar to our current format so we're still going to answer your questions on voicemail we're still going to do ask the or so we're gonna do lightning round we're, we're still going to do um, added value we're still going to do right here right now we're still going to do listener comments and tips we're just going to do it within a 30 minute window we're calling these minimal episodes and then each week we'll record an additional 60 minute episode maybe longer might even be two hours we're calling those the maximal episodes exclusively for our patreon subscribers uh, and that's where we'll have the unrestrained freedom to dive deep into difficult conversations and it's worth mentioning that our patreon only maximal episodes will contain entirely different material from the minimal episodes there isn't really Really any overlap there so you can feel free to subscribe to both if you want we're also going to add a new segment it's called more about less where we talk about current events that relate to minimalism and you can find all the details and all the good stuff over at the minimalists.com support and i want you to please note if you can't afford to become a patreon subscriber right now don't worry, we totally understand, and we don't expect you to support the show monetarily. It's totally fine. And that's why we'll continue to produce meaningful podcasts and essays and videos and other creations without you having to spend a dime on any of those. So you can still get all of the free materials, all the free creations that we're putting out there. And for the few of you who choose to support us monetarily, thank you so much. We appreciate it. I know Podcast Sean and Jordan No More appreciate it. That's how we pay them. That's how we pay for the studio space. And uh, we're really grateful. All right, here is a long snippet from this week's Postscript episode on Patreon. As you've been having this sprint on to attack debt, you just what I want you to do is once it's all paid off, I want you to shift gears and now let's build you a cushion. This is where you start to build up an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. I want you to have that same intensity to get that cushion in place. Now, once you get that in place, I want you to start investing for your future. So Amen. it's a little bit of a downshift, but you're going to still keep driving down this path toward financial freedom. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's walk through those baby steps really quick. So you went through them, but let's just give them a, yes. a high, high level right. overview so of them. Baby step number one one is to get a thousand dollars in place so you stop using debt all right so number one number two attacking your debt with the debt snowball list your debts out smallest to biggest and attack them baby step three is to build up that emergency fund of three to six months of expenses you can do that now that you got yourself a raise by getting out of debt then baby step four is investing 15 percent of your household income toward retirement. Mm. This is where you start to use the 401k, the 403b. Baby step five is saving for college if you have young kids. Uh, Baby step six is paying extra on the house and paying it off. Baby step seven is build wealth and give, which giving's the greatest thing you could ever do with money. Yeah, so they're at that build wealth stage. I mean, they're right where they want to be right now. Yes, she is. And and one of them is a minimalist fan, the other one's a Dave Ramsey fan. That sounds like the best team right there. Absolute (laughs) best combination. It's like an Oreo. All right, we just finished that Patreon episode with Chris Hogan. He had to dip out. He's uh, 
where he's going somewhere else already. He's, yeah. he's out here talking to people about millionaires. Actually, podcast Sean and I are headed to his event with Dave Ramsey tonight as well. So looking forward to that. Let's move on to our added value portion of the show. This is where we each talk about something that has added value to our lives recently. I'm going to talk about two things, Ryan. Cool. Um, one is a new album. Sometimes I just go on to like... Uh, Apple, po- not Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's iTunes, I guess. Yeah, or iTunes. Apple Radio. Music. That's what it is. Oh, Apple okay. Music. Okay. And I, I check the just the browse, and um, I was on the singer songwriter tab, and I was just listening to new music. There's so many new albums out, but there was this one that really struck me. There's a singer songwriter named Dermot Kennedy, and it's a self-titled debut album. But there's this song called "Power Over Me" that is like this powerful song and it's exactly how i feel about beck so i don't want to get too sentimental here but <laughs> but uh like there is like there's this pull you you experience this with mariah where like she has this pull over you and like when you're not around her you you miss her yeah and you want to get back to her and and there's she has this power over you in a way yeah. but in a good way not in a not in this negative way but it it was like this beautiful expression of love and emotion and maybe we can play us out with that at the end of this episode podcast sean the other thing uh, we just restringed ella's guitar this uh this past weekend Mm. and her and i were doing dueling guitars trying to teach her how to play a little bit even though i barely know how to play um but i was doing the chords for her while she was doing the strumming and i was teaching her how to not bang on the uh like it works a lot better if you just strum them softly right and she's she's still working on getting that down but um the thing that added value to my life was spending four dollars and fifty cents getting her little tiny cheap kids guitar restrung because she when we first bought it for a couple of years ago within a day she had broken at least two of the strings <laughs> i would have done the same thing if i was five I, I, in fact i still do the same thing <laughs> <You> still <pop laughs> every once in now. a while what's adding value to your life recently ryan oh man uh well since chris was here i gotta recommend his book everyday millionaire is just a great approach to how anyone can really become a millionaire and and i know we talked about it during the podcast but he just does a really good job of speaking to how it's really what we do with what we have rather than coming from a certain socioeconomic background or uh, having some inheritance or you know having some kind of windfall in our lives um, you don't need that to to really save up and to become a millionaire and and you know I, I want to be clear again we touched on this touch on this in the episode you know it's there's nothing wrong with being a millionaire there's nothing wrong with having money we all need money right the problem is when we forsake our values we forsake our beliefs we forsake the people around us uh, chasing that million dollars and Chris does an awesome job of showing how you can still live up to your values and beliefs and you can still become a millionaire if that's truly what you want to do and, and the, by the way the, the the goal and he makes this explicit in the book and in his talks the goal isn't to become a millionaire These are people whose goal was to live a more meaningful life, to give more, to be financially free. Mm -hmm. And on the path to doing that, a lot of them, a lot of people rack up a million dollar net worth. And and he defines that in the book, too. It's not these aren't people that make a million dollars a year, as he talked about. Mm -hmm. These are people who earn most of them, at least earn a very modest income. Most of them. Yeah. Most of them never earn, you know, six figures Mm -hmm. and they're still able to make responsible decisions with the money that they have. Yeah. And then along with Chris's book, uh, I've recommended this before, but I got to recommend it again is um, the Every Dollar app. Like that budgeting app. I, so Mariah and I, uh, when we were paying off debt, we had a budget. And then when the debt was gone, I was like, oh, we don't need to budget anymore. Mm. Well, our credit card bills just started getting 
because because we do carry one credit card that we pay off every single month it started kind of rising mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until you know we moved to la and i'm like wait a second like this is we need to go back to the budget mm. because this that's really uh, is what empowered us to pay off our debt and now the budget it, it empowers us to save for our future selves so uh yeah the every dollar app is what we use and i gotta tell you like the, the first month that we started implementing the budget back into our lives using the everyday uh dollar or i'm sorry the every dollar app uh, our, my, our credit card bill went in half and it has not risen since. Holy moly. It's crazy, dude. It's, it, it, it's awesome. Once you, you know, there's this old, there's this old adage in the corporate world. You can't manage what you don't measure. Right. And I think a lot of times that's nonsense. People over measure things sure. where, uh, back in the corporate world, we're responsible for these 29 different metrics. If you start measuring everything, you're actually measuring nothing. You're talking about measuring one thing. It's the money that you're spending. Right. And that is extremely helpful. If you want to manage it, you have to start and here, measuring. Well, it. and here's like the secret, I think, to, to becoming financially stable, whether that's means being a millionaire or not, which funny how learning uh, through this whole experience that you don't need a million dollars to be financially stable. Uh, it sounds like a really nice number. And then that makes you feel like, oh, if I reach that million dollars, I won't have to keep track of my money. But that's not what millionaires do. Millionaires, they, uh, they 90, 90 something percent of the millionaires that Chris talked to in this book kept a budget, mm. still kept a budget. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I'll just leave it on that. Get, get Chris's book, Everyday Millionaires. Uh, check out the Every Dollar app. Um, it's, it's both really, really, really empowering things. Let's move on to right here, right now, where we talk about what's going on in the lives of the minimalists. Well, first off, Ryan broke his stupid back. <laughs> My stupid back. <laughs> So let's talk I'm, about how you do So I, fine, I, I, I talked about this on the intro of last week's episode when you weren't here. Yeah, I was wondering. I got all these like <laughs> comments. I'm like, I text Jess. I'm like, where did we mention my broken back on social media? Because now I'm getting all these, you know, get well wishes, which I really appreciate. Thank you so much for uh, for all that. I seriously do appreciate it. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was just snowboarding and not doing anything. I knew I shouldn't have talked crazy. to you about Sean White. We were on Patreon. We were talking about the Sean White. Uh, he, I, I don't. I, yeah, he he ran into me at uh, some ramen place, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Hey, I really like the." I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm like, "Oh," and then Bex was like freaking out. Oh my god, it's Sean White! And then I'm like, "Oh, Ryan would really be be happy if he got to meet him." And so I tell you once about <laughs> Sean White, and, you're and I'm like, like, "I can be Sean White." No, that wasn't <laughs> it at all, man. I was I was just boarding through some trees like I normally do. I mean, this is not out of the norm. Um, I probably shouldn't have been in there because the snow cover was was not very great. It's funny, like Mariah and I went down the first couple of hills and I, I wasn't in the trees and I started looking over there. I'm like, oh man, there's like just a bunch of fresh powder in there. Like no one has been in the trees. Well, I took a few runs down, um, had a blast, was getting all this fresh powder. But then like on the, it was like maybe the third or fourth time going through the trees, um, I just hit this spot that had about you know, three inches of snow and then underneath of it was ice. Mm. So I like tried to stop, uh, wasn't able to stop and hurled myself into a tree. And then I realized talking to Mariah's father that the reason why there weren't a bunch of tracks in the trees is because the snow cover was so lame and that it was so icy. So like they, people were being smart, smarter than I was, obviously. So I uh, had to learn a lesson the hard way. But, I, dude, I got to say, like I said at the beginning of the show, You're man. the biggest bruise I've ever seen on a human It's being. unbelievable. Should I show the audience? <laughs> no? Okay, no, I won't. Probably not. It's, 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 we're in the back brace anyway. Yeah, that's true. It's it's pretty massive. But I you are literally the most durable person <laughs> I know. You, I've broken a vertebrae, um, and it's going to be 
a hell of a process healing and and physical therapy is eventually going to be such an important part mm. that's the part i i didn't do for 20 years and i really paid for it as you know as you remember as you had to deal with and yeah. um but you're at a point right now where i mean you can't even really you could probably do some physical therapy but very very little at this yeah, point yeah i can i still like I have to sleep on my back like twisting and like rolling over is excruciating but if I stay on my back like it's relatively the pain is is relatively low um I mean they uh yeah the, and you know mixed with like all the meds they gave me like it in, in Tylenol like it really really uh takes a little bit of the edge off but like I said in the beginning man I am doing pretty well for breaking five vertebrae man like I feel I feel pretty good I still like standing here right now there's pain don't get me wrong um, but, uh, but man, I just, I feel really, really lucky that, uh, it wasn't worse, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm really grateful that, that you're still here. I know at the last minute you decided to make a turn because you almost went face first into it and, yeah. and we'd be having a much different conversation, uh, yeah. if, if that were to happen, because I don't I, think you'd be here. Man. Yeah. Maybe not, dude. I, what, what that's, I mean, Sonny, Sonny <clears throat> Bono, that's what happened to him. Yeah, man. absolutely. Head, my head first. Yeah. My, my thought, and I always wear a helmet too. And so okay. kids wear your helmet. Like that is the most important thing, whether you're riding a bike, whether you're snowboarding, I know you want to be cool and not wear a helmet. Well, uh, uh, being cool might kill you one day, might get you killed. So wear your helmet. Um, but what else that podcast show, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I was, saw myself going face first in the street. And I had my arms out and I was going fast enough where I was like, Oh, I'm going to break both of my arms ah. if I go into this tree. So I like at the last minute tried to put my shoulder into it and really just put my back into it instead. So it was uh it was a fluke thing. Um I got to tell you when I was laying, before I got up. Um so I hit the ground. Like obviously fell. Yeah. My left leg was like numb for like 10 20 seconds. Oh and I like for for a second I was like, "Oh no, like I have I have just changed dramatically changed my life. Yeah. And then after, you know, after I started getting feeling back in that leg and I can move my feet and stuff, I was like, Oh, okay. Like it was just like this, it was this trauma that happened to my body and you know, maybe I'm okay. I actually got up dude and snowboarded out of the trees and got to the main trail where Mariah was. Mm. And, uh, when I got to the main trail, I was like, I was in so much pain. I was like, Oh, there's no way I can make it down the rest of this hill. So thank god mariah was there she was waiting we always check in on each other she was waiting for me and i was like i need a snowmobile <laughs> she sp- went down the hill and got a snowmobile i had the whole like dude i feel like such a schmuck man <laughs> like getting in the the stretcher that they have on the hill dude and like everyone's looking at oh, what happened to that guy it was it was kind of embarrassing but um you know i gotta okay. yeah it, it's okay man i gotta give it up to the team over at lost trail there in uh and I guess it's technically like in Idaho is where. Oh really? Yeah. If it, it's right on the, I think half of the, the resort is in Idaho and the other half is in Montana. I broke my back in Idaho. Sounds like a country western song. <laughs> yeah, it does, man. But uh, <clears throat> but yeah, um, Josh Wagner keeps calling me broke back Montana. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, I got to give it up for the team at Lost Trail. Uh, Matt, who like got me, basically from you know where I sat and all the way you know helped. <laughs> helped me get into the car uh from right to drive me to the er room something funny i don't think i told you this man um we we took mariah's dad's car to lost trail which is a manual it's a stick shift mm-hmm. mariah has not driven a stick shift oh no since high school oh you'd be screwed if i would have been with <laughs> yeah probably <laughs> but uh but matt um not only did he help me into the car he, <laughs> he like helped mariah 
you know, with the stick shift to make sure that just she stolen was stolen someone else's car. <laughs> she was like made sure she was cool to cool to uh to drive it. Um yeah, dude, I mean it like, like I said, man, it's it was uh, the team was awesome and like all the the support around it I really appreciate it. Although I feel like you know, there was a piece of me that I was like I'm never going to snowboard again. Like why do I why do I put myself in such danger? I'm I'm like way past that now. Yeah. Um but uh definitely learned a hard lesson, man. Well, so I I broke a vertebrae uh, when I was 13 playing ice the water yeah, yeah. Uh, on ice I was playing ice basketball right. someone tackled me and um, and then I'm still I, trying to get that an, as an official Olympic sport <laughs> ice basketball <laughs> <laughs> you could replace curling I mean come on uh, and, full contact curling <laughs> full contact ice basketball sounds awesome by yeah, the way. that's true um, I just I, just, I don't want to play I didn't realize that's what I was playing um, and 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 then when I was 26, I cracked my tailbone. I, I, I was working at a telecom company we're at. I was at Bridgewater Falls and like fell. I had a cup of coffee in each hand. <laughs> and I slipped. <laughs> and it sounds like something I would do. I was bringing back a cup of coffee for Ratliff. And like, uh, <laughs> and you know, when you squeeze, the, like when you're falling, it squeezed. <laughs> so the lids popped off and like it looked like it's like way up in the air. And I cracked my tailbone, and there's nothing I could do about it other than like barely sit down. Oh my god! Um, and the lesson I've learned here is avoid being anywhere where there's snow or ice, and right. you're totally and fine. You're fine yeah. yeah, you're invincible then. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm grateful you're okay. Thank you for yeah, being here. Too. And we're taking obviously uh, February off, and so you'll be able to do some healing then. Yeah, man. Um, I think yeah, be perfect good. timing to break my back, really. I know, right? Because we had this, we had the month of February planned off. You're usually not this good of a planner. I know, but man, I, <laughs> I was on it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Ella, Ella had her surgery last week. You, yeah. you came out and and saw her. Um, they, she has this. Uh, I talked about it uh, on two podcasts ago on the Collectibles <clears throat> podcast. So I won't go through the whole thing. But basically, she has a scar on her head that they closed up halfway, and she's doing great. So thank you all for your well wishes. If you want to continue to uh, wish her well, we're reading the tweets to her. Uh, just tweet her. She's at Ella Sandwich, and she doesn't have control of that account, obviously. But the, all the words there are literally all words that she says. So we're gonna sit down with her and read all of the uh, the, the get well soon wishes awesome. to her. Dude, she, talk about resilient when I when. I was uh, in Montana to uh, go and say, you know, hello to Ella. I was like expecting her to be in bed and, um, you know, like, oh, Ella, you're so brave. And, you know, I hope you get what better soon. When I pulled up, I think you guys were having a snowball fight. It was like two <laughs> days after her well, surgery. And the thing is, I had to like talk to her. I had to talk her out of doing like crazier things. Mm. It's like the best thing I could do was like she wanted to go sledding. I'm like no you can't go sledding with Mm. this huge you you have 50 stitches on top of your head but i can pull you around on the sled as long as you don't you know as long as you stay in the sled basically and so she she actually goes back to school today the day we're recording this and and uh yeah so she's she's doing a whole lot better and um and yeah i'm grateful for that thank you for all your well wishes folks Uh, i have a little bit of a teaser um we have we have two big announcements coming in March, mm. and well, let's just say there's a book in the works and there's a film in the works. I'm not going to give you any details right now. We're going to come back in March on this main podcast feed, and we're going to talk to you about some big projects we've been working on, and we're excited to announce those to you very soon. Uh, we talked to Chris about contribution and being able to contribute beyond ourselves. This is the last time you're ever going to hear us talk about this 
We want a dollar from you or $5 from you or $20 from you or $100 from you. Actually, we don't want it. It doesn't go to us at all. How close are we? 20,000 away? No, we're 19,000 away as of this recording. I think we can get there. We got to get there by the end of the month. If we can just talk one person (laughs) into donating $19,000. If you're out there, please do. (laughs) Ryan and I have donated $25,000 of our own money. We're trying to build a grocery store in West Dayton. 40% of Dayton's population lives on the West Side. There's not a single grocery store over there. We're trying to build a food co-op called Gym City Market. Not only will it provide fresh, healthy food, as opposed to the Cheetos and liquor that you can buy on the West Side of Dayton. Now you can't buy real food over there. I mean, my diet used to be Cheetos and liquor. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why they're complaining. I'm kidding. (laughs) Not funny. But but we're also trying to to educate, uh, add an educational component with Gym City Market. It's not about just providing people with food, but understanding why that food is is necessary for well-being and healthy living. Mm -hmm. We really need your help. If you're interested in helping out, it's a $3 million market. We are $19,000 away so close. at this point. By the end of January, if we can get there, we'll have enough money to begin uh, construction on that breaking ground this summer and opening about a year from right now, which will be amazing. It's exciting. And we'll, uh, we'll, drag, uh, we'll drag Jordan No More out there. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do a filming of the, the grand opening, all that fun stuff as well. If you can uh, donate, it doesn't go even through us at all. You just go to theminimalists.com slash Dayton. That forwards over to the Gym City Market donation page. Give whatever you can give. We're really grateful for everyone who has contributed so far. If you want to comment on this episode, you can do so over at youtube.com slash theminimalists. And speaking of YouTube, we just ended season two of Living Room Conversations. It's funny. I just f- finished season two of Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's Walter White. um dude it's funny like being held up the way i am yeah like this is the most standing i've done in probably i don't know four or five days because i was actually kind of pushing through the first week but then really screwed myself like the seventh or eighth day into it is when the worst pain happened because i was just pushing through pain but i didn't realize i was kind of creating more problems Mm -hmm. but anyway i've been trying to lay down as much as possible and uh you know when i'm trying to kill some time i put on breaking bad and it is a pretty addictive show once you get into it. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal show. Yeah. You got to check out, uh, especially since we're going to do an episode about it on Patreon next month, the, the Marie Kondo stuff, because it's yeah. I've just been getting bombarded with messages on social media. And then there's this billboard outside. You can see it from my living room. It says, uh, does it spark joy? And I have I have some thoughts about it, but I'm going to wait to to discuss everyone's thoughts because our, our Patreon audience is the most respectful sort of, I wouldn't even call it debate, but it's yeah. just different beliefs and people sharing those beliefs what are the react like do are people enjoying the show like is it getting half the people are like wow this is so helpful and useful and instructive and amazing i I love it and here are the reasons why they they go into depth people are writing essays on our patreon page it's amazing how the community is interacting and then you have other people who are like well, tidying up is really just hoarding. And yeah. here are the reasons why mm. I think it's hoarding. And those people are saying that. But it's not people arguing with each other. It's just saying, here are my beliefs. And here is, after watching the show or reading yeah. her books, here's what we get out of it. And I have my own opinions. I'm interested in what your opinions are. Yeah. And sort of confluence of our opinions with everyone else's. Yeah, it's funny. Like What we do is more of like the why to or the what to. Uh-huh. But I think Marie Kondo, she is that, you know, here's the... 16 ways to declutter your closet. Right, right, and, right. And that's And that's fine. And a lot of people do need recipes like that. And, and that's what she provides. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about specifically, especially like I noticed in the very first episode, 
there was this kid who was like counting his steps as he's walking around their cluttered house and he's one, two, three, four. And I, I identify more with that kid than, <laughs> than anyone else just because I also have OCD. But then it makes me question like, huh, does this material clutter cause? It, does it, oh. does it, uh, uh, does it make your OCD flame up in a way yeah. that, and, and I think, we all know the answer to that, but let's talk about why. We'll do that over on Patreon uh, next month. Uh, also on YouTube, so we finished uh, season two of Living Room Conversations. You want to go back and watch those? There's 51 episodes of Living Room Conversations in total. And also, the tour of my house, we finished filming. And that should be out on Valentine's Day, or I think maybe even the day before Valentine's Day. You can find that over at youtube.com slash The Minimalist, and then we'll, we'll go film Ryan's next. How do you feel about there being 51 episodes? It drives me insane because <laughs> it was 30 episodes the first season, 21 the second season. And um, I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, I just want to say thanks to Chris Hogan. You can check out his book, Everyday Millionaires. Yeah. Also, you can follow him on all the social medias. Uh, and the whole uh, team over there, Dave Ramsey, they're just amazing people. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I love them. I think, I think they're great. They're really helping people, and I'm grateful they're in the world. Uh, you can also find Chris on his website, chrishogan360.com. To our casual, casual, let me do this again. To our casual listeners, we will see you in March. We have several great guests lined up for our minimal episodes. Ben Greenfield. Nice. Cal Newport. Whoa. His new book, Digital Minimalism, uh, is coming out. Also, uh, TK Coleman and others. Patrons, we'll see you next week. We're going to be talking about products, happiness, branding, gentrification, and how that relates to Marie Kondo's tidying up. I'm, st I'm still looking for the connection there. <laughs> I, I have a great... I, I, I have like urbanists, demographers, and then I want to compare what they're saying about gentrification to what our audience is saying about tidying up. And I think I have some really good links. Or if I don't, then it'll be a beautiful train wreck. Mm. So check that out over on Patreon next month. Uh, Patreon.com slash The Minimalists. And either way, if you are a casual listener, we'll see you in March or we'll see you if, on Patreon next month. Either way, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Ryan, what else you got for us? As always, I want to encourage people to read more and get informed. Now, here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Hi, this is Jill from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I heard on your last podcast about Ryan's skiing accident and how he broke his back. Um, several years ago, I also fractured my T8 and T10 and broke a piece off of my T9, also in a skiing accident. So I'm calling to offer my empathy because it really does hurt like a mother. And secondly, I'm calling to offer a tip. After three months in a back brace, another three of physio, I found that I had to radically change the way that I exercised and stayed fit. After the back brace came off, I was so excited, but had absolutely mu no muscle tone, which should have been obvious from wearing a back brace for three months, but I really hadn't expected it. I couldn't even sit up on my own for more than five minutes at a time. I did physio for the next three months, doing up to eight to 10 hours per day. And it was a very boring time in my life since most of these movements were long, stro slow stretches, and I was used to being extremely active. For years, I had residual back pain from my muscles either being too tight or feeling too weak, and it was really hard to find the right balance of strength training and stretching to help my back. 
A friend introduced me to yoga and it was absolutely life-changing. I highly recommend, Ryan, that you find a class that works for you. For me, it's been the perfect combination of strength training and stretching that I find I still need on a weekly basis. The good news is that my back no longer hurts, but it's been a long, slow process to get there. So all the best with your recovery and hopefully you find this helpful. Hello, this is Jessica from Cincinnati, and I'm calling in regards to Sarah from San Francisco's question regarding buying new furniture. Um, I have four small children, eight, six, two, and four, and we actually purchased when my young, my oldest was a baby, a, a sofa from Restoration Hardware, um, their leather Lancaster collection, and it was the best investment we could have made. The great quality has held up through all four children. The leather surface has been amazing for wipeable problems. You can use your imagination on what that means. And also, the uh, awesome thing with Restoration Hardware and other companies that are a little bit more expensive is that they do have store model waiting lists, which is what we did. We put ourselves on a waiting list for a store model that had a tiny scratch in the back. so They couldn't sell for full price, and we received a 40% discount. So if you do find a sofa or you do find furniture from an expensive store or a high-end store, and you're okay with a little bit of damage, especially if you have small children that you're worried may do more damage, that's a great option to be on the waiting list for the next available floor model. And then that way you get high-end, great quality for less. Hi, my name is Beth Ann from Virginia. I'm a longtime listener and lover of your podcast and other media. I just recently finished an audiobook on Hoopla, which is a fantastic program where you can use your public library card to borrow up to five items per month from a huge database of audiobooks and music, etc. Not all library systems participate, but everyone should absolutely check to see if their local library does because it's a pretty valuable resource. But upon finishing this audiobook, I immediately started listening to the baggage episode of your podcast and realized that this book called Unfuck Your Brain by Faith Harper um, may benefit anyone who feels any form of despair from baggage. And let's be honest, if you're human, you have baggage. So it's truly an eye-opening book with great insight on anxiety, depression, emotions, and how you're feeling in everyday life. Um, and she uses a lot of wit and swearing, which are basically two things that allow me to function in my daily life. So Hoopla and Faith Harper, two added value items to better your life today. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode. If you have a question for The Minimalists, give us a call, 406-219-7839. You can also email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. And if y'all leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Oh, Podcast Show, let's play them out with some Dermot Kennedy power over me unless you're on youtube then just click on my face and you'll be able to see the video (laughs) i want to be king in your story i want to know who you are i want your heart to be for me oh i want you to sing to me softly because then i'm out running the dark that's all that love ever taught me Oh, I call and I'll rush out All out of breath now You got that power over me My mind, everything I hold dear resides in those eyes You got that power over me My mind, the only one I know The only one on my mind 
Remember the lake in the moonlight Remember you shivered and shone I'll never forget what you looked like on that night But I know that time is gonna take me I know that day's gonna come I just want the devil to hate me Oh, I call and I'll rush out All out of breath now You got that power over me Got that power over me. Woo! I know. 